hear our preaching passage from Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. So church family, hear God's word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is God's word. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we come to our time in God's Word, let's pray one more time together. God, thank you for Hebrews 12 and what you have revealed to us in it. And I pray that you would open our eyes this morning, that we may behold wondrous things in it. Please give us the eyes to see your truth in this text Please give us ears that want to hear from you, and please give us hearts that long to be with Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been a tradition over the years during the Summer Olympics that the final event of the games is the marathon. This culminating race, 26.2 miles run throughout the streets of the host city by some of the very best athletes on the entire planet. And as the athletes run the streets, spectators line the sidewalks, cheering them on. Perhaps the most powerful moment of the entire race, however, happens at the finish. It is tradition that the Olympic marathon has its final 400 meters around the track inside the Olympic stadium. One lap around the track, surrounded by the crowd, full capacity at full throat, cheering them on. Imagine the thrill of being one of those runners. Each competitor's name announced as they enter the stadium running into the stadium on the way to the finish line. And yes, with heavy legs, weary from literally hours of running, and lungs gasping for breath, desperate for fresh air, but also the lights and the crowd roaring, cheering them on, spurring them on toward the finish. Imagine the thrill. Imagine the boost it must give to a weary runner. This is the image that Hebrews 12 gives us as it spurs us on today. The Christian life is pictured as a race, a marathon, and we are the athletes running, straining, pressing on toward the finish line. The Christian life is a race of endurance. And the author of Hebrews calls us in this passage to be one of those endurance runners. And we're exhorted, run the race with endurance. 
The challenge is, of course, that endurance is hard. That's the definition of it. It can be incredibly difficult to live the Christian life. I, I probably don't need to tell you that. But how are we supposed to endure? What does endurance look like for us? Where does our strength to endure come from? How are we supposed to press on when the going gets tough? Well, in this text, we have encouragement for endurance. We're instructed as well in the hard work of endurance. And we also see the power for endurance. All of this to exhort us, run the race with endurance. The opening line of our passage gives us encouragement for endurance. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we're pictured as the runners in the stadium, straining toward the finish line, and we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. But the witnesses aren't there as spectators to watch us. They're there for us as runners to look at. They're the saints of old that we read about in chapter 11, the people who lived by faith and died in faith. And we're called to look at their lives of faith, their witness, and find encouragement. It's not that our heroes or loved ones are there as spectators watching us as we run. They're not not present watching us. It's It's us looking at these heroes of the faith, those who have run before us. It's their lives that are a witness for us. As Hebrews 11 says about Abel, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. It's as if you were to go to the Art Institute of Chicago, surrounded by beautiful, timeless works of art by the likes of Monet or Van Gogh or Picasso, Painting after painting, gallery after gallery, surrounded by the beauty of their art. And then, after having seen it, going home and being inspired to paint yourself. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. An encouragement for our endurance. The, witnesses, the witness of those who have gone before us is an enduring testimony to the validity of the life of faith. They lived by faith, and they died in faith. And as we look at their lives, as we are surrounded by the cloud of their witness, we can look at them and be encouraged to run just like they did, to live just like they did. They were looking to the reward, and so should we. We so often need encouragement in the Christian life, don't we? When the going gets tough, when the pressure mounts, when the race gets difficult, you can find encouragement in the lives of those who have gone before. Look at their witness. See that the life of, the life of faith that they led is the best way to live. Search the pages of the scriptures and read the stories of the saints of old. We have many examples in Hebrews 11. Abraham, who believed God in his promises and was counted as righteous. Or Moses, who considered it better to be counted with the children of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of Egypt. Or Rahab, who gave a friendly welcome to the Israelite spies at great risk to herself and was preserved. 
The faith that they lived by then is the faith that we live by today. They finished the race. They kept the faith. And there is encouragement for endurance in the lives of this cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. We can see their example and imitate their faith. There's encouragement for endurance. But at the same time, there's also the hard work of endurance. Because endurance is, of course, hard work. It's the keeping on, keeping on when the going gets tough. It's the not giving up, not giving in. It's hard work. What is this hard work like? Well, our text says this. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The hard work of endurance includes laying aside every weight and sin that might hold us back from finishing the race. The image we get is of an athlete taking off their normal, everyday clothes so that they can ready themselves for competition. It's standard practice in when people run marathons during the colder months that many of them choose to go to the thrift store beforehand and buy an oversized sweatshirt and sweatpants to wear on race day. They'll wear them on race day at the start of the race or even for the first few minutes of the race to keep them warm. But at a certain point, the sweatsuit becomes far too warm and far too baggy to be of any use. And so the runners simply take it off, throw it to the side of the road, and continue the race. The sweatsuit quickly becomes an extra burden, and so they cast it off. They lay it aside, and they run. Just like you wouldn't want to run an entire marathon in baggy pants and a sweatshirt, we too must be ready to do the hard work of laying aside every extra weight that is keeping us from running the race of the Christian life. And some of these things may simply be, as the author puts it, extra weight. There are certain things in our lives that aren't sinful or wrong in and of themselves, but sometimes these things may become a hindrance to our Christian life. And so if something is weighing you down spiritually, it is an extra burden that must be laid aside. Maybe the amount of Netflix you watch has gotten to the point where it's taking priority over your spiritual growth. Or perhaps your involvement on social media has become harmful to your soul. Or maybe a certain friendship or relationship has gotten to the point where it only ever pulls you away from Jesus and never pushes you toward him. We all need to be willing to do an honest assessment of our lives. Is there something in your life that is no longer aiding your faith, but rather hindering it, weighing you down? If there is something that's weighing you down spiritually, even if it is otherwise good, lay it aside. Lay aside the weight and experience the freedom of running without it. Some of what weighs us down is not simply weight, though, but sin, even sin that clings so closely. There are sins that easily entangle us, and if we're not careful, 
that will hold us down and keep us back from even being able to run at all. And each one of us has areas of sin in our lives that cling a little more closely to us. For some of us, it may be gossip or slander or falsehood. For others, it may be envy or greed or lust. For others, yet, it may be anger or hatred. But if we claim that there are none of these areas in our lives, we simply deceive ourselves. An animal never sees the trapper's snare until it's far too late. Sin will cling to you. That's the, that's the default reality of our lives and the brokenness and in the fallen world in which we live. So we must actively work against it. As John Owen famously put it, be killing sin or it will be killing you. It so easily entangles and we must do the hard work of honestly admitting our sin, humbly confessing it to God, laying it aside, and then receiving from Jesus the mercy and grace that helps us in our time of need. When we confess our sin to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us, and he separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. Our sin is laid aside, it is nailed to the cross, and we can run the race in freedom, no longer weighed down by its burden. The hard work of endurance includes laying aside every weight and sin, but it also includes running, and running with endurance. This kind of running, this not giving up, is part of the hard work of endurance that we are called to. Our text says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And you may be thinking at this point, I hate running. This is not very encouraging. (laughs) And if that's you, if you hate running, that's okay. It means you're normal. Um, Being a Christian doesn't mean you have to wake up at 4 a.m. and go and run 15 miles every day or be some sort of super athlete or anything like that. You don't have to love running because running is hard. And the Christian life often is hard. And maybe this morning you're feeling that the Christian life is really, really hard. And if you are, be encouraged by this, that there is a race that God has set before us. It's God who has laid it before us. And there is a course that God has laid before you that's not arbitrary. It's not random. It's not meaningless. It's not just there to put you through some pain. God loves you. And he's put the course that he has before you for a purpose. And if you follow all of its twists and turns and ups and downs of the hard work of endurance, you can be confident that that course will lead you to the finish line. The Christian life is often hard. Maybe you feel this in some very real ways right now, even this morning. Maybe the burden of the life that God calls us to live, this hard work of laying aside weight and sin just feels like too much. Maybe the pressure you feel on a day-to-day basis because of your faith is just extreme from at work or at home, from friends or maybe even your family. Maybe the, running the Christian 
race feels a lot like actual running. It feels impossible to continue. If that's you, remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His ways do lead to true rest. His burden is ultimately the easy one. His heart for you is love. He lays out these rules. He lays out this hard work, the course that's before you, not to be a burden, so, but rather so that you may live in his will. So take heart. The very fact that God has laid the race before you means that he'll take you to the finish through it. There's encouragement for endurance, yes, but there's still this hard work of endurance. So where do we gain the strength for it? Well, our text also shows us the power for endurance. Let's look at it again. It says, Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, for, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Where do we find the power for endurance? We look straight at Jesus. Yes, we can get encouragement for endurance from the cloud of witnesses that surround us, but the power for the hard work of endurance comes from Jesus himself. Look right at Jesus. A runner in a marathon keeps his eyes fixed ahead. He definitely doesn't look behind him, and he doesn't even spend too much time looking to the left or to the right at all the buildings and people on the side, but rather, if he does that, he'll quickly lose track of the things in the road. A crack in the road, a pothole, another obstacle. There are too many challenges to ignore what's ahead, and so he keeps his eyes ahead, looking to the finish, looking to the end. And so, too, with the Christian life, we keep, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. First, we look to Jesus because he is a better example. He endured, he stood firm. He ran the race, and he ran it better than anyone ever has, and also better than anyone else ever will. He endured the cross, even all of its shame, to the point of death, and he endured it even though he didn't deserve it. He never gave in. There's power for endurance in looking at his better example, living our lives with him in view, following in the footsteps that he leads us in. Because Jesus is not only a better example, he's more than that. He's also a better pioneer. Our text describes him as the founder and perfecter of our faith. The sense here is that Jesus is a pioneer forging ahead, a pioneer of our faith. He has gone before us, he's forged the path for us, and he will bring us to himself down that very same path. He has run the race for us, and he leads us in that same path that he walked. So he's also the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who brings it to fullness, to completion, 
He has entered us into the race, and he will bring us through the race. In other words, we do not live the Christian life on our own strength. The power for endurance doesn't come from our own effort. It doesn't come from our own reserves. It's not something that you have to simply muster up inside of yourself. The power for endurance comes from Jesus himself. It's him working in us and him empowering us through and through. We must look at Jesus. But so many times, even though we know this to be true, so many times we look to things other than Jesus for our strength in the race, don't we? Is there something in your life this morning where you're looking to for strength that's not Jesus? The way your family is viewed by your friends? Or your financial situation? Maybe even your own physical or emotional stamina? Only Jesus and his strength have the power to keep you in the race. So look to him. And if you're not a Christian this morning... Know this, there's only one path to God. It's Jesus, the better pioneer. He's the one who's made a way. And in fact, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one comes to God except through Jesus Christ. If you have yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus, know that the only way to God, the only way to be rid of the guilt of sin the only way to have the power for the race of life, the only way is through Jesus. So put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. Cry out to him. And find the spiritual power that is in him. He's a better example, a better pioneer, And there's also a better joy. We read that Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame all for the joy that was set before him. In the midst of his suffering, in the midst of his endurance, the joy of being exalted in the future was at the forefront of Jesus' mind. He was looking forward to being seated at the right hand of the throne of God, the joy of being crowned with glory and honor, and even the joy of bringing many to himself. At first glance, it may seem strange or maybe even impossible for the cross and its shame to be taken on because of joy. But Jesus took them on for the joy that was set before him. It was down the road in the race. He took them on for the joy that was on the other side of the suffering, all the way at the finish line. He gave up a present joy for a future joy that was to come. And now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God in the very place of honor. He has received his reward. And when Jesus went to the Father, he sent his spirit to us, God dwelling within, to be with us, to empower us. And if you are in Christ, God is in you. And it's in that power, the power of the Spirit, that we can look to the better joy, 
This better joy is what every Christian can look forward to, giving up a present joy for an even greater future joy that is to come, enduring trials now for the glory of being with Jesus on the other side. As Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 4, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen. Through all the twists and turns and the ups and downs of the race that God has set before you, God is readying you for the joy of being with Jesus in glory. This is the power for endurance. It's Jesus. A better example to follow. A better pioneer who's paved the way for us and a better joy that awaits. Well, when we have encouragement for endurance, when we take on this hard work of endurance, and when we look to Jesus for the power for endurance, we can indeed run the race with endurance. Friends, we have a better future that awaits us if we run to the finish. So let's be encouraged by all who have gone before us. Let's also put in the hard work that is required of us, but it's also let's look to Jesus who awaits us at the finish line. As the hymn puts it, so spirit come, put strength in every stride, give grace for every hurdle, that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful, As saints of old still line the way, retelling triumphs of his grace, we hear their calls and hunger for the day when with Christ we stand in glory. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the encouragement that you give us in these saints of old. Please help us as we take on the hard work of endurance laying aside sin and weight. And please give us your power. Give us the strength to look to Jesus and nowhere else. And as we run the race, we do pray that you would bring us safely home. And we look forward to the day when we will stand with you in glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.